episode number 214 of the Emotionally Equipped for Life podcast. Hi, this is Shira Gura. Welcome to my podcast. If you're new to me, just so that you know who you're listening to, I am the author of the books, Getting Unstuck, Five Simple Steps to Emotional Well-Being, and The Clear Way, Five Simple Steps to Be Mentally Prepared for Anything. These books are based on two self-help tools I created that support you in getting unstuck and getting clear so you can live deliberately. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today. And now for today's episode. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So we're starting a new month. And if you are new to this podcast, you may not know that each month I highlight a new word that all of us can look at in our lives and notice where we may want to be creating more of that word in our lives. The first Tuesday of every month, which is today, I lead a free Emotionally Equipped for Life community gathering on Zoom, where we have the chance to gather together and discuss our experiences from the previous month, and then get ready for the new one. Please be sure you are subscribed to my newsletter in order to receive all of these details each month. You can subscribe to the newsletter over on my website at shiragura.com. So I'd like to talk with you today about respect, but before I do, I want to take a moment and thank each of you who shared with me your feedback from last week's episode, where I interviewed BD Deutsch, the national marathon champion. It was a really powerful episode that I know caused a lot of ripple effects around the world, and I just want to say thank you to those of you who shared your feedback with me. A couple of days ago, inside of the Emotionally Equipped Journey, which is my six-week flagship course that I offer both in a group setting as well as one-to-one to teach people how to get emotionally equipped in their lives and in their relationships. So I was leading the first of the six sessions to this newest group, which is an awesome group of people, by the way, from the United States, Israel, and Belgium. And we were talking about being the creator of your life and how everything begins in the mind with your thoughts. And one person asked me, specifically after I spoke about the episode with Beatty, the question was, how do you know if you can actually achieve something? And basically, this person was saying that while everyone can want to create transformations in their life, or everyone can want to become a national marathon champion, not everyone is actually physically able to do that. So how do we know what really is possible and what isn't? We certainly don't want to set ourselves up for failure. It was a great question, which was the first thing I said when I responded. I said, that's a great question. And just to share with you briefly here how I responded in the group was I basically said that while, yes, some of us do have physical limitations, for the most part, I truly believe that anything we want to create in our lives, if we can think it, if we can dream it without sounding too cliche, we can create it. And that the only thing stopping us is our mind. And that instead of asking, how do we know if we can achieve something, I suggested we ask, let's just see what's possible. In other words, instead of coming in with an attitude like, it's probably not possible, to come in with a different attitude, like a curious perspective, like, let's see, let's do this with my greatest effort 
and let's see what is possible. And as this question was asked, what dawned on me was that I can be showcasing on this podcast some of the amazing people I'm working with who are creating incredible changes and transformations in their lives. And these changes may not feel so far-fetched, right? Just like the one that Beattie had from going from a non-runner to a runner to a national marathon champion. So these changes are more like losing weight or improving a relationship or having confidence to change a job or becoming more authentic or even learning to love yourself again. These are things that people that I'm working with are creating in their lives and they are inspiring. And so for the people who have graduated from the six-week journey and they're staying a part of my community inside of the Emotionally Equipped Circle, I welcome you to start thinking right now if and when you would like to share some of your transformations and your stories with my listeners. And one more thing before I get into this week's episode, we are now in June of 2021, and I want to share with you that I will be traveling to the States this summer for all of August, and I would love to bring my emotionally equipped work to your community face-to-face. So if you're interested to receive more details about what is possible for your community, definitely email me as soon as possible. Okay, respect. So when you think of having or not having respect in your life, what's the first thing you think of? I know a lot of people I work with feel disrespected in different areas of their lives, whether that's as a parent or as a neighbor or as a friend or as a coworker. And what I'd like to encourage you to think about this month is not so much as to where you don't have respect in your life, but rather where you can create respect in your life. Where can you create more respect for yourself? or more respect for others. Last month was a challenging month for me, not necessarily personally, but rather nationally. I live in Israel, and Israel entered into a war with Hamas. And while war is not something new to this area, unfortunately, what was new was the violent demonstrations that were occurring across the country. I live in the northern part of Israel called the Galilee. This area is about 50% Jewish and 50% Arab, Muslim, Christian, Druze, and others. For the most part, there is peaceful coexistence on a daily basis. While there may not be incredible integration between the communities, there definitely is coexistence. And by that I mean, you know, shopping in each other's stores and eating in each other's restaurants and more. Anyway, so when the war broke out, what ensued, which was incited by social media, was Arabs living in Israel violently rioting at the entrances of their villages. And this was new. I mean, I've only been living in Israel for 12 years, but I understand that this was something the people in my community have never, ever faced. And by violent demonstrations, I mean stone throwing, tire burning, and shooting pistols. And this really, really shook things up here, not necessarily so much for our safety, because we were given a curfew for a few nights and and we knew not to leave the community, you know, like around after seven o'clock in the evening. 
And we were also in touch with one another, you know, via text messaging, asking, you know, is it safe? Can we leave the house if we turn left, if we turn right? But beyond the safety, what happened was these demonstrations created a lack of trust between the communities that, at least in our area, we've been building a sense of trust with one another over time. And while those participating in the demonstrations were mostly young kids, you can't dispute what went on. And then, following two peaceful demonstrations, which comprised of residents from both communities, the women from the Arab community down the street requested a gathering with the women in my community. And this just happened on Thursday, which I'd like to share with you about briefly. There were about 30 women. We sat in a large room in a large circle, and we each were requested to state our name, what we do for a living, and why we chose to attend this gathering. Each woman spoke in her mother tongue, or the language that she felt most comfortable speaking if she had to choose between Hebrew or Arabic. And when they were done speaking, there was a translation for the rest of the group. So it took time to go around, but there was no rush. In fact, I really felt a sense of like quietness and ease and, you know, let's take our time with this. Soon after the sharing began, a few women started to really open up and express themselves emotionally, both sharing emotions of fear and emotions of embarrassment or shame and emotions of despair. And as someone who works in the field of emotional health and well-being, I have to say it felt good to be a part of this healing conversation. But even more than that, as the sharing continued, I was thinking how much I would like to, if there was interest, share the work I do as a way to support this healing process. I truly do believe my tools are powerful and effective to support such a process because, to be honest, I am not 100% confident that this group, both as individuals and as a group, are even emotionally equipped to be able to enter into such a long-term process together. And as I was thinking about that and continuing to listen to the rest of the women speaking, I was thinking about how absurd it was that most of us there couldn't understand one another in our mother's tongue. Now again, some of the women there were not even born here, like me, but my Hebrew is proficient enough to be self-expressed and for me to understand others when they speak Hebrew. But Arabic? I know absolutely no Arabic. And so I literally understood nothing when the Arab women introduced themselves and shared from their hearts. And this bothered me. I really felt stuck. Here's the truth. I do know that Israel's laws are officially published in Hebrew, Arabic, and English, and that all road signs and food labels and medicine brochures and other things posted by the government must be translated into Arabic, including all information regarding elections. I even know that in the Israeli government, members of the parliament are allowed to give speeches in Arabic, and quite a few of them do. I certainly know that there's public Arabic TV shows and commercials, and my kids learn Arabic as a second language in school. So while Hebrew is the country's official language, Arabic is also an official language, as is English. And it's spoken by the Israeli Muslims, Christians, and Druze, but also 
by the Jews who originated from Arab countries, like my sister-in-law, Natalie. She comes from Morocco, and so her mother tongue is Arabic, in addition to, of course, French and English and now Hebrew. The point is, I felt stuck, mostly stuck on shame and embarrassment for never having considered learning basic Arabic ever since I moved to Israel. And as the sharing continued, I felt myself getting more and more stuck. And so I quietly and to myself got myself unstuck. S, I took a stop. I redirected my attention to my breath. T, I told myself I was stuck on shame and embarrassment and I let myself feel those emotions in my throat. U, I uncovered my thoughts that I believed I should have learned Arabic when I moved here that I believed I'm almost 50 and it's too late to learn a new language at 50, that I believe my memory isn't so great anyway and how much am I really going to be able to remember? And then I investigated those beliefs and noticed that none of them were 100% true. C, I considered that while I can get by without learning Arabic in Israel, just like there are plenty of people in this country that can get by without becoming proficient in Hebrew, Just because I don't have to do something doesn't mean I shouldn't do something. It just so happens that a week or so before this, one of my friends told me she was planning to put together a beginner's Arabic group, and so I considered letting her know I was interested. I also considered what's done is done. I didn't learn it earlier, but I can start now. I considered that I don't need to get all stressed and try to become proficient in this language in a short amount of time, but rather I can do my best to pick up words and phrases here and there. So at a minimum, I would be showing respect because I do believe that making an effort to speak in someone's native tongue is one way that you can show respect to someone. I do believe it's a way to show respect because language often offers a window into the person's culture. Like it's not just the words that you're speaking, but when you're speaking their words, there's something much deeper that you can only appreciate if you're speaking it in their language. And I know this firsthand because I live in two worlds of English and Hebrew, and I can see how much more a person is understood and can be self-expressed when they're speaking their own language. And I considered just to do my best, to show up, to make my best effort, and to see what unfolds. Getting emotionally equipped also required learning a new language in a way, and I did it. And while this may not be easy, I know I have the capability of learning new things. For sure, you can bet that I'm going to get clear before the first Arabic lesson and probably every lesson to follow. And finally, K, I held myself in kindness for having just woken up now, for not being perfect. I'm not an angel, and I should never expect myself to be one. So this is what I wanted to share with you today. It is not where I was planning to take you when I decided that this month was going to be focused on respect, but that's where I am now. You never know where life is going to take you. This is going to be a process for me, but that's okay. Everything I do in my life is a process, which takes time and consistency and patience and commitment and integrity. But as long as I'm emotionally equipped, and I have the support, I truly believe I can create anything that I want. And I can't wait to share more about this with you 
as it unfolds. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today, wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And as always, I look forward to getting emotionally equipped with you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Emotionally Equipped Podcast. It is my honor and privilege to be able to show up here each week for you. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to start applying this work to your own life, you have to check out the Emotionally Equipped Journey. This is my six-week group course where you study my tools in depth with me so that you can become emotionally empowered in your life and in your relationships. Head over to my website, shiragura.com for more details and to sign up for the waiting list for the next journey. I look forward to starting this journey with you.